podcast Ian Mobsby explores the implications of sacrament particularly the sacrament of baptism drawing on the season of epiphany which on this particular Sunday explores the baptism of Christ. The gospel reading for today is from Matthew chapter 3 verses 13 to 4 verse 1. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me. But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now. For it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Two dramatic texts for today, and they're part of the lectionary for this particular Sunday. And we find ourselves in the season of Epiphany. So we've gone from the season celebrating the Incarnation, the idea of the birth of Christ, where Jesus in Epiphany is being visited by the wise men from the East. And also on this day, a remembrance, as I've said, of Jesus' baptism, which is much later on. Today, as I said, I want to hold and explore the question of sacrament. What is sacramentalism? But in particular, I want to talk about it in the context of what it means to be a follower in the way of Jesus Christ. And in particular, what is going on when we talk about sacraments? What is it that happens and how does it enrich our lives to be followers of Jesus Christ? The gospel text today, although very short, is extremely rich in meaning. The gospel writers emphasize at Jesus' baptism as an important moment. It isn't about Jesus just going through the motions, but is marking something significantly new. And in the history of interpretation of the Bible, it's very much talked about being the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus in his 30s, which by the way is ancient in 4th century Judean life expectancy, so he's not young makes a point of marking a time of change with a sacramental moment. Understandably, John the Baptist does not feel eligible to baptise Jesus, recognising him as possibly the Messiah or at least a prophet. But Jesus says to John he needs to be baptised, so, quote, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfil all righteousness. Now, the Greek word here for righteousness is almost unpronounceable, but I'll have a go. Is decay sayuni. It sounds almost Japanese, but it is Greek. Um, and it has the meaning in terms of righteousness and the idea of a right action. So it's not about just being, being holier than thou, it's much more gritty. 
It's the idea of doing what is right and consistent with what God's promises are, about doing what is spiritually honoring to God and to yourself. So when he, Jesus says that line, he's talking about desiring to be baptized as a sign of faith and commitment to God the Father, and that a sacramental moment is required. And what's going on in that moment? Well, in that moment, we see God blessing Jesus through the presence of the Holy Spirit coming down to him. So that's a a renewal of something deeper. And this is the first moment in the New Testament where we encounter a sacrament. So notice that it's not a believer's baptism. So Jesus clearly did believe in God before then. But it was an important sacramental moment that named a change which is about Jesus demonstrating commitment to God and that the God is freely giving expression of love given through the Holy Spirit. That as Jesus is obedient to the Father in stepping out to be baptized, Jesus experiences the heavens as being opened and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. Now you've kind of got the text in front of you, but it's significant that it implies that only Jesus sees this happening that it talks about jesus experiencing this around him that sees the heavens opening above him and implies that others cannot see this so there's something of this obedience to god an experience of grace of the holy spirit being given and and a moment of transformation for him and after then and only after then is there this idea of a loud voice of God the Father marking out that this is not just some ordinary sacramental moment with a human being, but this is the Son of God in baptism. And vitally then, the next sentence, is that Jesus is led by the Spirit into the desert, something we often miss in this text. So the consequence of the baptism of Jesus then was closely related to a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit and then guided Jesus into desert for prayer and forms of prayer where there is no distraction or avoidance. So in sequence, Jesus experiences the receiving of the Holy Spirit as a new experience and that this takes Jesus to prayer away from the world. In the Eastern Christian tradition, this is seen as a new deeper relationship, a new partnership between the Redeemer and the Holy Spirit. That in the kind of paradox of the idea that God, who is three, creator, redeemer, and companion, somehow as a human being, marks out a new deeper relationship with the Spirit as practiced through Jesus' incarnation. So it's the idea that a new dynamic relationship is built up some of a relationship between him and the Holy Spirit in ways that are difficult to describe. So what can we learn from this text? Well, firstly, that Jesus is modelling something here for us all to follow. That baptism is a sacramental moment. That when we do something in faith like communion, what we can do this evening, baptism, confirmation and marriage, that somehow God is made mystically present through people's commitment to God and the blessing of the Holy Spirit as a form of grace. And that the people are literally changed by this into a deeper relationship with the Holy Trinity. And that baptism does not necessarily need to be a believer's baptism as modeled by Jesus in this text. But baptism and confirmation are yet very important. Secondly, is the application that when we choose to become Christians and are obedient to God seeking right action, that we are blessed by the presence of the Holy Spirit in a new way. 
to be living temples of the Holy Spirit, that we are called to be different, and that the Holy Spirit is that person of God that connects us mystically to God the Redeemer and God the Creator. Again, in the Greek tradition, they literally use the language of the the face of God and the face of God the Father and the face of God the Son are drawn together through the space of the Holy Spirit. I love that image. It's the Holy Spirit that fills that gap between the Father and the Son and likewise that gap between us and God. So this is challenging then. Because it says, as Jesus is driven into the desert to pray, so we are being drawn by the Holy Spirit to go ever deeper into prayer. And that prayer is essential as a means and as a medium for encounter and experience of God. And that thirdly, all sacraments lead us to the importance of spaces in our lives to encounter God away from distractions. If Jesus could not encounter God in the cacophony of the noise of his time, I suggest we also will have impoverished prayer lives if we do not make time for encountering God. We all need desert spaces away from the cacophony of noise and distraction if that blessing of God in us is to be realised. Or in other words, we need to strive and endure in, can I say, contemplative forms of prayer as spaces of deepening an encounter with God that will change us. So actually, baptism and prayer, Eucharist and prayer, marriage and prayer are how God envisages us to be living. Contemplative action. So in going back to my question earlier, what happens to us when we seek to follow God? That it must be something of the will to follow and surrender the ego to this following. I think that's what Jesus is talking about with a particular Greek word that he uses around righteousness. There's something about us letting go of the need to be constantly in control. It's about letting go of our anger. It's about letting go of our pride. It's letting go of the excuse of busyness to allow ourselves to find something much deeper and resourcing. The Greek word also implies that Jesus is moving from his adolescence into adulthood, moving from being um, the idea of a maturation point of Jesus shifting from a former state of childlikeness to something much more adult. That's a lovely image. So actually when we make decisions to follow God, there's something about growing up. So we also need to grow up in our commitment to discipleship. That we need to get beyond the ego we need to get beyond senses of avoidance, or that, that thing within our culture that constantly infantilizes us from taking responsibility. And that through it, we can rely on God with the idea of sacramental blessing. That as we step out in faith, so God will give God's blessing to us that will be deep and challenging, but bring us into new life and human flourishing. This is the point of encounter and prayer. That in sacraments, we can experience the love of God within us, outside of us. That you and I are beloved, using that text, in which God is well pleased. So let us give room for God to encounter us in that way.
Thanks for listening to the Moot Community Podcast. If you'd like more information on who we are and what we do, please visit www.moot.uk.net. Thank you.